harlequin's role is to serve it's nothing without a master no one gives two shits who we are beyond that the joker and i broke up i wanted a fresh start but it turns out i wasn't the only dame in gotham looking for emancipation Miss Queen, she belongs to me. Who are you guys? Welcome everybody to a special episode of Jeff vs. the World, where we will be reviewing Birds of Prey, uh, the Holly Quinn movie. Uh, like always, I got my man Shahid, and I got my man Rich Fan coming back to uh go with us on this journey talking about uh the birds of prey movie but before we start uh let's let these guys tell you where they can find you at uh rich you can go ahead and start first sure you can find me on twitter at rich underscore fan f-a-n-n and typically talking wrestling comics politics god knows what else okay let's start the show <laughs> okay we're gonna start the show uh <laughs> if you want to follow Shahid, follow at Philly's Drugs. Uh-uh, uh-uh. You don't, you don't need to follow me. Like I said, let's start the show. Anyway, what did you guys think of the movie? Well, I'm the guest here, so I'm going to defer to y'all and just pop in. I'm I'm just, I'm the fifth. Oh, I'm sorry. Fifth, I can't count. I'm the sixth. I'm off the bench. I'm going to let the starters handle it. Okay. Well, I'll start it. I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun, but I didn't love the movie. Um, there were things about it uh, with the Ewan McGregor character, Black Mask, that I don't know. It just kind of turned me off a little bit. And I think it's, I don't know if his character got more comic bookish or crazy or whatever. It was just something about it that was just off to me personally. Um, I enjoyed the character of. Um, Black Canary and Huntress the most. I wish we had a little more time with them, but I do understand that the movie was a Harley Quinn movie. Um, I'm not sure if it's something that I'll revisit, though. But, I mean, I had fun. You know, the, the, uh, the movie theater that I went to, it was probably 75% full. So we just all had a good time watching the movie, and I really enjoyed the uh, fight scenes. Uh, what you got, uh, Shahid? Unlike my conservative host, I enjoyed the movie immensely. Um, like I saw today, like similar things I liked about, you know, that you brought up about the movie. Like I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed kind of like the comic book nature of it. It felt like a DC version of Deadpool. And I've noticed like a lot of people said like, you know, Harley Quinn is very popular. Surprisingly, like the people who don't read comics and not surprisingly the people who do. So the movie being centered around her and her comic point of view might've been like a shock to people not used to that or just seeing her in Suicide Squad. And I like how it's just like, you know, I think that's the most fleshed out version of Gotham City yet that still felt comic booky that we've had because like the Chris Nolan movies, Gotham didn't feel like, you know, it just felt like, a, it felt like Chicago or Pittsburgh. It didn't feel like a comic city. You know, the Burt and the Schumacher movies, Gotham really didn't exist. You know, just a bunch of dirty street streets or neon lights, you really didn't see like people living in a house or an apartment in Gotham City. Like this felt real, the movie felt real. 
I enjoyed the characters, even though like somewhat like, you know, of course, Cassandra Cain's a lot different in the comics than this, but that's fine. I wish we got more Huntress because I think out of all of them, she got the most short changes from time constraints. Like we really didn't get too much of her, but the little we got was working. I didn't have an issue with Black Mask because I enjoy E. McGregor like eating up scenery and just vamping it up. We haven't had a villain doing that that didn't come off as an obnoxious way in a while. Like everyone's been serious. I'm going to shoot a laser beam in the sky and take over the world type stuff or I'm going to kill half the population for, you know, population control and balance, you know, the save the ozone layer type stuff. So this just being, I want to take over the city and be the biggest crime boss in the city and have fun doing it. Cool. I was I was cool with it. And one more thing, seeing Rosie Perez in an action movie and a comic movie at her, her stage in life was something I never thought I would see. So I enjoyed seeing her. I was surprised how much she actually did. So yeah. kudos to that. And I would definitely see it again. I'm definitely going to buy one because I'm Blu-ray. One more thing before uh, Richie's uh, talk. I just watched an interview with her this morning, um, and she was saying that Warner Brothers actually was looking to go another way because they, they were telling her, you know, we think you're too old for this role. But when she auditioned, she knocked it out of the park. They were just like, nah, you got the role. So, yeah. Good thing they listened. I yeah. mean, because she was off. Yeah. I think I'm leaning more towards Shahid's side because for me, watching that last night, Birds of Prey was the best live action adaptation of a DC cartoon movie. And I mean that in the, the like the highest praise. Mm-hmm. Like when you think of the Batman, like all of the, 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 the rogues gallery, Victor Zaz is probably one of my favorite people, but that I never thought someone would get right in a movie because he has to be a little off. Like he is in this movie. Like I thought he was this close to doing Benicio del Toro giggles. And if he had started doing that, I might've lost my mind because <laughs> he was just, Oh, he was so good. And like you both said, I would have loved more time with the Huntress, especially that scene in the diner when they're talking and she got to show some person or lack of personality mm-hmm. and having seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world before I saw this during my lunch break, I was like, let this woman act out anywhere, anyhow, any place. Oh boy. Not another Scott Pilgrim versus the yes, world. Thank fan. you, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've had conversations about that movie. No, I definitely agree with her character. Just, a whole argument about is it a bow and arrow or crossbow? It's like, no, it's a crossbow, bow and arrows for like what eight year olds. Like yeah. a crossbow makes her feel grown. Like, and it's funny where she was almost a comic release, mm-hmm. even though she wasn't really trying to tell jokes in a movie with a lot of people telling jokes. And I just liked how the cast kind of bounced off each other. This movie could have easily been a mess. Yeah, you know, because it's telling a story. It's telling the story in a you know non sequential time. A lot of flashbacks, and some of the flashbacks were like. 15 years ago, and some over four minutes ago. And we're used to seeing that in like Deadpool, but we're not used to seeing this storyline like DC movies because even it's been more lighthearted now. It's still kind of like, you know, they kind of play it straightforward more or less. And this, like Rich said, this felt like an anime, you know, take a DC animated movie and make it real life. Like it's a vibrant movie, the colors are vibrant, like it popped out. Mm-hmm. And I will say, you can tell the action, you know, an action director help with the action because especially like the fight scenes were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like surprisingly amazing considering like, you know, Margaret Robbie's not a trained martial artist. I don't think any of them are like, you know, trained 
like that. Like I'm used to them doing that and seeing, you know, um, Jerry Smollett whip ass in a practical way. Like the action, you could follow the action. It felt believable. Like you see stuff like, okay, if somebody was really fighting, they would fight like that, even though it's kind of stylish and everything just had a snap to it that just had weight that you, we're not used to, I'm used to seeing that with action movies. We aren't really used to seeing that with comic movies. Yeah. And you you mentioned Journey Smollett, and I just want to jump in real quick to mention, you can tell the first, second team, producer, uh, you know, uh, obviously, I, when you're looking at the credits, you also have, uh, uh, she she's all, you know, uh, in addition to playing Harley Quinn, she's also the main, one of the, Margot Robbie's one of the main producers of the film. But much like with Hustlers, you could tell this was a woman-fueled project because Journey Smollett's outfit in a man tan would have looked, she would have looked ridiculous. Whereas the outfit she wore was feminine and showed she was cool in a comic book way without having to be like, oh my God, boobs. Yes. Yeah. And Even though it's plenty of cleavage being shown, but like in a tasteful way, it wasn't like, you know, eye candy or wedge up your ass trying to do a spin kick. Yeah. Right. Same thing like, with Margot Robbie. She was yeah. more like regular clothes instead of push up bra, like if anything, sports bra. So that way she could be active throughout the movie. Because, you know, a lot of the mistakes I feel, and you guys please uh, agree, disagree, uh, with when it comes to the women characters in comics that get ported to the screen is people focus on bus size instead of the heart of the character, and that gets weird. I mean, men are perverts. It was already. And to me, and to me directors kind of lead into that, and it's kind of like, well, we got we to gotta fix our fan base and be comic appropriate. Like, you don't always. And that was one of the things that were bothering me because I knew before I saw it, everybody was like, well, not a lot, all of them. But it was a couple of people you could that were talking about it saying, well, I didn't like the uh, costumes because they weren't comic accurate or whatever. And I'm just like, it was fine to me. It looked grounded. It looked 2020-ish. Like in that comic book world, those outfits looked fine to me. I didn't understand the big uh, uproar, a little uproar about yes, it. Yes, 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 you do. You know what? You're yeah. trying to be nice about it. <laughs> I see, I see movies. This sucks. That's basically what. It, that's what it boils down to. It has nothing to do with like you know purity of the comic or canon. It's just kind of like you would think we've moved past that and kind of stereotyping comic fans. Like you know we're all a bunch of horny little men on our laptops, but too many of us act that way. Like oh well, you know I, I want to see fishnet and titties, and I ain't see it. So it's some feminist garbage. Yeah. I mean, look at. The biggest thing I would push back on those guys, because I even remarked, uh, I don't think it was to Shahid, it was another group of friends who had seen, I was like, this is the antithesis of how people lost their mind over Joker, where you had this one incel who was going to be a 45-year-old like welfare recipient, apparently stumping Batman, if you follow the logic of that movie, versus these women who didn't have money and made do versus the end of the movie when they have money. And they have nice nets. You know, when you're not a billionaire, it's kind of hard to maintain those outfits when you're fighting dudes in the streets at night. That's a, that's a great point yeah. that people never bring yeah. up. Talking about, oh, how come? Like, it's the reason why the Punisher dressed the way he dressed, and Batman dressed the way he dressed. It's like, yeah, oh, the X Men had awesome costumes. Of course, they're backed by a billionaire with alien technology. It's a lot easier. Fantastic Four, Reed Richards, rich as hell. Iron Man's a billionaire. Meanwhile, you see Spider Man with a damn sewing machine. Right. That is that is true. Um, I 
want to tell you about the first act because I also saw a lot of people had issues okay. with the first act. The first act I enjoyed for the simple fact of you're inside of Harley Quinn's mind. So she's going to tell the story disjointed. And while it was somewhat disjointed, it still was, you know, on point. If you was following, if you were following along, like if you were, weren't paying attention, if you maybe looked at your phone or something like that, I can understand you saying, well, wait, wait a minute, I missed something. But in her mind, it made perfect sense how the story was going. And I thought that was a genius way to get like everything out there. Like, well, this is what's happening here. And this is what happened in the beginning. And this is where I'm at now. Uh, what did you guys think of the uh, first act? I thought it was a good way of showing her point of view of kind of like, you know, keep in mind, it's a semi-unreliable narrator. Yeah. You know, like Harley Quinn is cool, but she has serious, she has mental issues that she acknowledge, and we tend to kind of forget that because like, oh, it's Margot Robbie looking cute. Like, she's a madman or a mad woman. And it fleshes out the story and it fleshes out the characters while still keeping the focus on her, which is kind of hard to do because it's, it's basically kind of like a sequel to an origin story we never really got fleshed out and also an ensemble movie at the same time and it's kind of like you know she's pushing the story but you can tell she wanted to put as much effort and fleshing out the other characters as much as you could which is kind of hard because it's like you know that's the one thing about group movies group movies normally don't work or it's easy to do tv shows because like you have five or six new people it takes a lot of time to make you care about those people and by the time you get to caring about them, the movie's over. Like, that's an advantage the Avengers had because by the time the Avengers dropped, you knew all the people. So it wasn't really anybody knew you really had to flesh out beside a new person playing Hulk, you know, compared to always, you know, the X-Men. Once you get more than four, it's like, okay, who's these guys? Like, you know, you know them based on the comic, but if you don't read the comic, you don't know who these people are. And you just spend the entire first movie learning those people. And then you're the third act and you find like a laser beam. And that's the difference between this movie and like Justice League where, okay, you know, Superman, but you got a brand new Batman. You got a brand new one, Wonder Woman. You're dropping in a hint of Aquaman, a hint of Flash. And it's like, huh? Like you're looking around like, who are all these people? Like, I know that's Batman, but that's not the Batman I grew up with. That's not Kristen Bell. This is kind of like, beside Huntress, you gave enough time to know why these characters were important. And even with her, you knew it was important. But it's still based on her point of view, because it's like, you know, grievance with Harley. Oh, small penis. I got my arm bit off. I stole money. Or a zillion other things. Like, it was still like a zany way of kind of like using comic book tropes to explain it with her view. Like, I always say, like, similar to the Deadpool, but her own style. Yeah, and I, I think I like this first deck, Jeff uh, Sheet, because it did a better job of cleaning up some of the stuff I didn't, uh, you know, Darrell had mentioned to me, this was based off of like the, 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 uh, crazy, I think it's crazy love, but basically the episode of one of my favorite episodes, of Batman, the animated series where finally Harley got Batman and Batman did the ultimate mind screw of saying, you know, he's never going to respect you. Right. Like he's, he's just going to assume I screwed up. And he's never going to ever think that you could have had the mental uh, wherewithal. And so basically it comes down to Batman living because he knew the insecurities of Harley. But the comic book version of it also paints her as someone that kind of slept her way through school. So she was never a good psychologist to begin with. Whereas this version of her was 
yeah, she was good. Like you could even see that as you go into the second and third act when she slips into her, like like her her virtual lab coat and starts talking to people and breaking them down. But it's that her mm-hmm. own psychosis got so exacerbated by the Joker that she's kind of like 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 she he said she's like Deadpool, way normal. But he also had so many abnormal things happen to him that he can't ever be normal again. And I think that's where she is at that first act helped to do that for us to see it and also see how some of those new people fit based in that world, which was really interesting. Yeah, like keep in mind, she's basically a psychiatrist, lunatic ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just a weird thing because you don't normally have characters like that. And like, and I always catch up, like, you know, watching her front, like, she's daredevil. Mm-hmm. And hell, like, the, her fight style, like, you know, even, I know she came from the cartoon, and they kind of, like, amped her fighting skills, like, with Injustice video games, if she's, you know, age, you know, in age and evolved as a character. It's still weird, because you're not used to seeing women like that kick ass, unless, like, you know, I'm a ninja, or I'm a robot, or I'm, like, you know, I'm part of, like, I've been a secret society of female bodyguards. And her, her's like, oh, yeah, I'm a psychiatrist, I got dealt with some acid. I took kickboxing classes, so now I'm a master of, like, you know, bats and mallets and three different forms of martial arts and still make it look fun. And I was a competitive gymnast before I did all that. Yes. I'm like, what? I was like, oh, yeah, right. Crap. Now that's why that's why you do all these. Huh. And it looks believable. Like, that's, that's one thing I want to point on, like, you know, like the first act and throughout the movie is kind of like the action looks believable. While looking stylish, mm-hmm. it didn't fall for that whole you know waifu stuff where it's like they, she wasn't choke slamming people or some nonsense like that. A whole bunch of you know you know Frankenstein's or Taekwondo is <laughs> like the Alexander likes to call it, but it's like believe okay yeah I'm a I'm a kick you in the groin, I'm a kick you in the stomach you know I'm a kick you in your knees and oh that scene when she broke his legs oh my and God. then rebroke it. And rebroke it. My goodness! Like it was some, it was a visceral level of violence that you aren't used to seeing from a woman, like a woman director, like a woman directed this. Yeah. Um, that and also too, I think I enjoyed the fact that it was a really easy story because it's basically, hey, mm-hmm. we broke up. Everybody can deal, you know. Everybody can relate to breakups in a certain, you know, in no matter what, you're broken up with somebody or whatever, you're trying to get over it whatever whatever and stuff like that so seeing that and i can understand somebody who don't know anything about comics or never seen suicide squad don't know about harley quinn coming in saying okay that's that's easy for me to understand and you know and she uh margaret robbie she's just so good at that character of the harley quinn she's just so good at um i also it almost felt like this is you could not a sequel to Suicide Squad, but you can tell they took a lot of things like the colors and certain things that were great about Suicide Squad and brought over to this too. Um, but is it anything, anything that y'all may didn't, you know, particularly care for in the movie? Oh, I'll go first. Um, okay. Funny thing is I thought it could be a little longer. Um, and it's funny where I'm watching the movie and like by the time they beat up, it's almost the end. It's an hour forty, right? And 
Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, they're, they're there. I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, wait a second. We'll be about to end. And it's kind of like, you know, they spent, and we're good, you know, they had to spend time building up the, building up the people. But by the time they got there, it's like, you know, the, you don't really get to see them like the big team up thing until you get to the end when you have an awesome, a just a awesome third act. Like that fight scene in the amusement park was amazing. It was well done and choreographed. Beyond that, um, not really. It's kind of like they, they explained the movie. They explained, you know, why people were doing what they were doing, their justifications. So you, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just dropping this character in for nothing. It just felt like, you know, it's one of those few movies where it could have had a little bit more time or if you wanted them to get together a little bit earlier. But beyond that, no. I know you had issues with Black Man. I thought Ian McGregor was hilarious because I'm a, I'm a fan of British actors chewing up scenery and looking awesome. Even in, you know, bad movies like I always bring up Eddie Redmayne and Jupiter Ascendant. Like he he saw that script like, you know, I'm gonna have some fun with this. And I'm I'm always a fan of those type of actors just having fun with the role. Because a lot of times it's all like I'm gonna read the lines. I'm here to save the world, to save yourself. It's like, you know, I'm this trust fund baby that actually had to work my way up. I'm gonna vamp it all up, but I'll you know, peel some of my space off. And whew, yeah, that scene, I don't know how it played in your theater. That was that's one of the few scenes that was like a tough watch. And it's like a violent a lot of violent stuff and even most of the stuff like the violence was kind of played for last. That one was like yeah, I had to grab my chair a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I think to Shahid's point, the one thing I didn't like was uh and it, it had to happen for it to kind of show how much of a scumbag he was because he had eaten so much scenery. You juxtapose the scene where he didn't have the guts to cut off the faces and he let Zod do it with him doing the same thing in the club with the woman after he thinks she's laughing oh, at Oh, yeah. Like, that was a lot. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Get on the fucking table. This is my yeah, that turned like, into, oh, That went full yeah. Joker. That went full Joker. You never go full Joker. We learned that. Even Joaquin's like, you don't go full Joker. Like, that's, I was like, man. Yeah. And it was just so jarring, and I get you needed it, but with a woman director, she guided it in a way I think that would not have gone well if a dude had been directing that. It would have went too far. I I agree. And that was a benefit, like, you know, women direct women better, Mm because they know know how to put women in the best lights. Like, I'm directing women so the women can shine, the movie can shine. Men direct women is like, I want to see, I want you to get me off, basically. And it can be, I hate using this word, I don't really hate the word, because the word exists. It can be problematic. It can be definitely problematic. And I'm like in a different, if David Ayer directs this movie, this movie looks a lot different. It probably looks a lot worse. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, that's true. Um. Okay. So y'all kind of selling me on the, uh, the Black Bass character. I was just like, uh, at first, because I didn't know where it was supposed to go. And from what I'm hearing from you guys, it was just supposed to be a basically batshit crazy villain. It, they, I, don't, I don't think it was. Yeah, he's supposed to be like, like in the comics, he's the same way. Like whenever they have war for like, and I love the part of Gotham they use where it's always run down and it's not been restored by Wayne Enterprises. It's just grimy. So he's a dude who wouldn't even aspire to be the level of like someone that the Penguin, whenever Penguin's like crime boss mode. Gotham. He wouldn't care about him. He'd be like Falcone's like 
third tier. Like I'm trying to think of a uh, like a basketball or football analogy where you have like like with the NFC East, like the Eagles can beef with the Cowboys, but like Washington's kind of like okay, yeah, I don't like you, but you're not the Cowboys, so all okay. that. Yeah, I I I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I get it. Because it's hard, like when you're reading. Sticking your guns, Jeff. No, 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 no. When you like, uh, when I'm reading a comic, I don't have like a vision of how Black Mass should be on the screen. I guess, and it's not like this. Yeah. Is, this is the first time, other than you know, animated and stuff like that. So I really had nowhere right. to go. So I guess I had this thought of vision in my head that maybe I need to go back and look at it again. It shouldn't let you know with different eyes this time and see it in a different way. You know what? You know, the issue you kind of ran into, and then you brought a good point, it's like a lot of the villains we have, it's either we get something based on the comics or based on Batman the Animated Series or the movies. Yeah. Black Mask, beyond the comics, you only see them in a video game. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, the animated like, Under under the Red Hood movie. Right, 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 right. right. Like, yeah. And he's not really fleshed out that much in that movie either because the movie's not really about him. So it's kind of like, you know, you kind of have, if you're not a comic reader, you just see a guy with a black mask on that's in a mob. You wouldn't think he'd just be vamping it up yeah. like, I'm a pretty boy. Oh, look at this shrunken you hair right. I got. Oh, I was with these shamans, anything like that. You know, it was filthy. But you it was definitely cool because right. I, got, I got culture. Because basically, you and, McGre- scene, you, you and McGregor had... there in, that, in this bedroom trying to show off to Canary was basically any Disney villain trying to steal, like, whatever the face girl is, like... Guest on with Bell, or like I cackled because I was like, this dude is full on like trying to scumbag his way into her clothes, and she is not selling it at all. You know the funny thing is, his you bring that up, his sexuality played kind of like I was assuming he was he was all over the place. Me too. See, that's what I was thinking. That's what I thought. That's what I most definitely thought at first. Like I know, and I know he said, and like they don't push it like they don't hit you over the head with it but the way he interacts with Zaz and I remember Ian McGregor was saying like yeah I just assume I played it like it, like he was gay in the movie and just kind of left it alone it's kind of it is I think it's one of those things like you know I'm just in love with myself and I want you to love me as much like when the last time you've seen a movie with a villain getting Botox <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> Now that y'all talk about this, he's top, like, he is one of those dudes, like I said, when you watch 100 or 200, whatever, how many episodes of Batman the Animated Series, there's a bunch of dudes who you just never imagined would be on TV, or I mean in a movie, and now because of him, if they ever did do a sequel, I need to see Maxi Zeus. Wow. I can, I'm trying to figure out, I mean... You can make it work if you're good enough. I'm like, I'm just amazed, imagine how they would try to make that character work. Because I remember seeing him on the animated series. It's like, this is lunacy, but I'm watching it. <laughs> and I think that's the biggest thing is with casting. The yeah. casting worked. And I remember a lot of skepticism with the casting. Like, you know, Cassandra King, that character could have been annoying. Because, you know, little kids, yeah. that's McGuffin, Never. can be like, oh, we got to get we gotta get the treasure type thing. It's like they just annoying and pouty and stuff you got to save the day and it's funny like we compare to that it's like similar like Deadpool 2 like that character I forgot his actor name but you know he played a difficult role and he played his ass off and it worked in the same way with her it's like you know 
she, her and like Montoya were like the heart of the movie. And if you have a, another actress that doesn't play the role well, it's just a normal role. Cause you know, a chubby little shoplifter. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you don't you normally don't get sympathy like that. Cause like they say, you know, you don't see pudgy people in movies. They discriminate against those types. Yeah. Well, um, we'll close it down because I think we've talked enough about the movie, but I will say y'all have helped me out with the black mask. You and McGregor had a clean surface to work with clean slate. So anything after this, I guess, you know, you could take the black mask and do whatever with you with the character, just like the Joker and all the other characters. But the last question I have for you is as it is, is for right now, as far as the DC movies, uh, I feel like they're going in the right direction. I will say that uh, with this um, release of uh, Shazam and Aquaman, I think they are in the right direction of just making good movies and just let everything else play out. Uh, any- I agree. Yeah, I would say they, you know, it's a funny thing saying let's just focus on making good movies and see how it plays. Like, it's a universe that's connected because you can tell like all these things kind of happen in the same universe, but they don't beat you over the head with it. And I think that works better because it's such a disparate type of characters. Like, you know, people telling different stories that work in a grand scheme of things, but it's not like, you know, you have to see this movie to see that movie or, you know, my wife didn't see Suicide Squad. It didn't really make a difference. Like, it would have helped maybe flesh out Harley Quinn a little bit or wonder, like, who the Joker is. But beyond that, it didn't really matter. It didn't have to matter. And I will definitely say... I would have to give a special shout out to Rosie Perez before we go, because she like she had the most difficult role. She's not like you know she wasn't a star. She wasn't like you know I'm a meta human that can also sing my ass off or I'm a trained archer or something like that. I'm I'm a you know I'm a cop that gets screwed by the man and dealing with an ex girlfriend. Like I'm getting look, you know, I'm somebody that's keep hitting the glass in my whole life. I'm tired. I'm bitter. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to like, you know, handle this crazy ass universe. Cause keep in mind, she get kicked out of windows. She get punched in the face. Like she getting beat up. And it's not like, unlike the other characters, it's not like, you know, I'm a train fighter. It's like, I'm a cop. I'm going to fight dirty with a cop. I'm going to take my handcuffs and use them as brass knuckles. And it's still, you know, she just, she gave it a weightiness that a lot of movies, you know, this movie, it helped with this movie and it helped because it was an older woman doing it. Like she just gave it like more heft and I laugh because if it was an all men ensemble and this is like Liam Neeson doing it, no one would have said anything. No one has a problem with old men running around still doing action movies. So this is an old woman past the age of like 40. It's, it's like basically like if you're not Helen Mirren or Angela Bassett, you need to sit your ass down. Is the way how they treat treat older women. And kudos to her for getting that chance. She's come a long way <laughs> from white men can't jump. Ooh, so yeah, yes. And last thing, one my yeah. last, one more thing is the third act. Uh, when they all finally got together, oh, the chemistry was just popping. Everybody was just flowing. They were in the zone. I, I wish we had more of that, but I understand. You know, they had it within time constraints and. They had to finish the movie or whatever, but uh, I wish we just had more of the women together. I'm sorry, Rich. No, no, I was I was going to echo that, and I'm going to say I'm looking at the numbers, and it looks like they're going to be, like, lower than, I guess, anticipated, and I'm hoping they make enough that they can do a sequel because, like Shahid said, you need the space for – you don't need it to be Marvel. 
they stop trying to be Marvel. I think the more they keep up not trying to be Marvel and doing their own thing, kind of like we just mentioned a little bit ago, those DC cartoon movies where you have that shared universe, but it isn't built upon, built upon. Like, you know, she eats twice, didn't even see Suicide Squad. You don't necessarily need it because Harley even mentions it in the movie and kind of breaks down. Yeah, I broke out, had to save the world, was on a team, went back to jail, broke out again, broke up with my boyfriend down here. Like, okay, you yada yada it. You don't need Shazam to fly in the background. You don't need Wonder Woman. Uh, the one thing I I was very uh, impressed with uh, when it came to this was how fast everything went and how little they trusted men. By the end of it, like, you had nowhere to go. You had the old fatherly character turned on her. You had the typical black cop, black captain trope turned on its ear. You had the rich white dude scumbag like there was no redeemable guy in this movie and it was for totally different totally valid reasons for everyone yeah it was a feminist movie that didn't beat you over the head that was a feminist movie it just was like you didn't watch the movies kind of like you know these men are garbage and these women need to stick to each other and is margaret robbie the the woman mvp walking around right now you know I can do peer pieces, get nominated for Oscars. I can do dramas, get nominated for Oscars. And I'm basically playing one of the most difficult characters in this mind now. Like she's, I think she's only done it twice, but she's in that whole Hugh Jackman, Robert Downey Jr. type, Wesley Snipes type thing where it's like, you think of that character, think of her. actress character. Like yeah. I think of Harley Quinn now, it's like, I just think of Margaret Robbie. Like, yep. And she's only done it twice. And it's kind of like, she's owned that character. And like, she plays all the fast as well and she does it like a way where she's not like she just came out of she hadn't been doing it and she's just one of those where you know she's like Brock Lesnar sometimes you get to push you don't deserve it and she got the push and she deserved it she ran with the damn ball <laughs> yeah um, that's interesting and um, one last thing now just thinking about it who's not to say we might not see now, I'm not ever expecting to see Harley Quinn on CW, but what about the uh, Birds of Prey? Never know. Never know, because the TV and movie are working together now. So, never know what might happen. Stop being greedy. I'm not being <laughs> greedy. I'm just saying they're open to things like that, and I'm not expecting to see Black Canary on them. Like, wait a minute, you got too many Black Canaries on there. But I'm just saying, you just never know what they might do. We saw a movie flash on Crisis, all better off. Once once that happens, kind of like yeah. you know, it's no you can you can basically see whoever you want to see if they have the budget. And to be perfectly honest, most of their characters, like most of their actors and actors, like big stars, but they ain't like you know I'm too big to do TV stuff. Like a lot of them do TV. Like this one more was that goofy ass Apple show. Like he's done his whole thing was from TV from the first place, so he doesn't mind. Like Gal Gadot, I just think it's just a matter of of schedule, Henry Cavill, a big ass nerd, and then everybody else is kind of like you know, character actors, character character actors, and character actresses. So it's not that hurdle that you would get like, oh, we can't pay Robert Downey Jr. his money to do that. It's like it's nobody where it's like, I can't cut the check because they're too expensive. That's true. Uh, yeah, but we're gonna get up out of here. Uh, if you haven't seen Birds of Prey, uh, definitely go check it out. Uh, if you got this far, we're hoping you saw the movie. Uh, but I will recommend you go see it and I hope you enjoy it. 
Uh, again, I want to thank Shahid and Rich for jumping on with me tonight. I know it was kind of short notice, but they got it, were able to make some time for me so they get on here and talk about birds of prayer. I just want to thank you, gentlemen. Pleasure, man, always. And that egg sandwich looked good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was six month old cheese. That's what, that's what adds the flavor. Sometimes to it. the bodegas, sometimes the bodegas do it the way they do it. Oh man, uh, yeah, we are gonna get out of here. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> <laughs>